It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. What's up, everybody? This is Gary from Hoops and Cards, and you're listening to the Sports Card Strategy Show on the NoOffSeason.com Sports Card Network. Be sure to check out HoopsandCards.com for exciting conversations about the NBA basketball for sports card collectors and investors. And remember, there is no offseason. What's up, everybody? I'm Paul Hickey with NoOffSeason.com. This is the Sports Card Strategy Show brought to you by Graybo's Sports Cards. Graybo's Sports Cards is a local hobby shop owned by Gray Burnett, Ryan Fitz, and Duke Denny One-Time Dodson. They're located in the Arts District of Richmond, Virginia. Graybo's Sports, the best selection of raw and graded singles in the Mid-Atlantic and a wide variety of wax. Graybo's breaks on whatnot and or drip five nights a week. Listeners of Sports Card Strategy can receive a 10% discount from Graybo's on drip, whatnot, or their website at graybo's.co by entering the code STRATEGY2023. You can follow all of Graybo's news and updates on Instagram at graybo's underscore cards. Don't forget to get a free 30-day trial at NoOffSeason.com today to help you make money flipping sports cards, build your sports card investment portfolio, get unlimited advice from our experts, and take sports card school to navigate the hobby. That's NoOffSeason.com. Get your free 30-day trial today. All the data we use on the Sports Card Strategy Show is from MarketMoversApp.com. Use code NOOFFSEASON at MarketMoversApp.com to get 20% off for life after a free 14-day trial. All right, let's get to the Sports Card Strategy. Happy hump day, everyone. Connor Barnett here, head of content at NoOffSeason.com. We are back for another episode of the Sports Card Strategy Show. Alongside me, I've got the Dave Ramsey of Sports Cards, Paul Hickey. Paul, how are we doing on this fine Wednesday? For those of you listening on Apple and Spotify, I'm sporting my Coach Prime hoodie, which means I'm hype and ready to talk sports cards. As you know, Shador Sanders, Travis Hunter, right up there on my top plays. So I'm ready to get it, man. I'm excited to talk to everybody in our audience today. Yep, same page. We've got a ton of good stuff packed into today's episode. But before we do so, let's get some quick housekeeping in. At NoOffSeason.com, we've launched Sports Card School, a safe place for noobs, advanced flippers, and high rollers alike to learn how to navigate the hobby and ultimately build a collection that increases in value. 
Get a free 30-day trial at nooffseason.com today to start learning our guidelines, strategies, and plays to help you make money flipping sports cars to fund your PC and other things in your life. We have filled our one-on-one sports car strategist packets for January, but spots will open up again in February. So get more information and see if this package may be a good fit for you starting in February. Email Paul. That would be paul at nooffseason.com. Like I mentioned, we've got a lot of good stuff packed into today's episode. We're going to talk about what to do with John Morant, Tyrese Halliburton. Both of them suffered injuries as of late. Uh, we got a lot of talk about specific plays today. We got Lefty McKee recapping one of his best plays of 2023. We got some baseball rankings updates. Shohei Otani cards to buy on a budget. Top cards to buy raw and grade right now uh, from Chad Gill, Dr. Crack. And Paul updates us even more on plays he's making prior to the 2024 NFL draft. Also, how his Brody James play is going. We also are going to talk about top Olympian cars that you can buy now and sell during the 2024 Olympics. And we're going to round things off with Mosaic Joe talking 2024 goals. So a lot of stuff today. But before we hop into it, live chat love. Looks like we already got some people jumping around in the comments. We got Dr. Crack, of course. Chad Gill, good afternoon. Says he's busy plowing snow, but is listening. Love it, Chad. Get after it. Janelle Shu, good morning slash afternoon. Uh, Sean G of AZ, Barry Siff, and Shane Graham. Thank you all for being in here. All right, Paul, I've done enough talking real quick. Let's go ahead and hop right into things. Yeah, man. What to do, uh, what to do about John Morant and Tyrese Halliburton? So in case you have been uh, living under a rock, both of them suffered injuries uh, in the past several days. Uh, John Morant out for the season with a shoulder injury and Tyrese Halliburton uh, fortunately, it looks like he's going to be reevaluated in two weeks from the hamstring injury. It looked like a scary fall, but uh, fingers crossed. It appears that he might have dodged a, a bullet there. But what are we doing with these cards? What's this mean for us, Paul? Yeah, this is why I like having two shows per week because it allows us to stay as timely and as relevant as possible for everybody. And that's what we're all about. So I think if you own their cards, it's actually pretty simple. It's simpler for Ja than it is for Halliburton. I'll say that. And that's because we know exactly when Jaw's coming back. And so what we can do with our Jaw cards is essentially just hold them until the start of the 2024-2025 NBA season, which as you know, and most of the audience knows, if you caught some of the sports card strategy show over the last several months, you already know that my stance on when to sell NBA cards uh, in the Dave Ramsey of sports cards methodology, the mitigating risk uh, methodology is the first week of the NBA season. So that is when it's not it's not when you're going to get the most profits for your cards, but is when it is when you are going to safely liquidate them for profit if you bought at the right time and then liquidate them during the hype rise of the NBA season, literally during the first week of the season. When there's all the hype of the games coming back and ESPN blows it out and TNT blows it out and there's a lot of promotion. So I think Ja has a worst case selling marker of that week of October. But as we all know, Ja's only not even 25 yet or just turned 25. And so he could still be one of the faces of the league. I heard you talk about Ja on one of our recent shows, Connor in terms of the fact that you still believe in him as a potential face, face of the league and potentially not getting that third strike. And so I think that um, Joss still has a best-case scenario 
of that face of the league potential. Um, nobody really plays like him. But I think um, being the conservative Dave Ramsey of sports cards that I am, I would actually just look to to change the selling marker. So to to that that week of October that I talked about. So so his picture is actually clearer with the injury, believe it or not. Um, and of course, it does present some opportunity um, for for some um, additional jaw investments. But I'll get into that in a second. In terms of Halliburton. I think it's a little bit cloudier, but again, if you bought at the right time, which I know Lefty did, and I know a lot of people in the audience followed Lefty's buy of, you know, he talked about the Halliburton 2020 Prism Silver PSA 10 that he got right around Christmas uh, for under $400. And it was one that he was really trying for a long time to get. And so if you were able to follow that that deep dive strategy that you and Lefty unpacked back in in late November, uh, through December with Halliburton, I think you're still in good shape. I mean, what you're going to do is you're going to miss the selling marker of the all-star game that we thought, but you're still going to have future selling markers with him. It's just not as clear as to when those selling markers will be. However, much like Ja, worst case scenario selling marker of uh, the week of October of 2024 at the beginning of the 2024-25 season, I think you could sell Halliburton then as well. And you'll if you bought him over the last month, month to six weeks, you'll probably still going to be able to sell him for a profit. And then, of course, if he does come back and blow up um, or just putting back on a uniform again could could rise his value. So I still think you're in okay shape if you bought him. I wouldn't necessarily buy more of each of those guys right now. I, I would just I would just wait. I, I would just see how the market shakes out with each of those guys over the next couple of, you know, at least one month to two months. See what their market looks like four to eight weeks from now, and then we'll update you. You know, you can talk to us about it. You can DM us at Sports Card Strategy. You can drop a comment below. You can enter the live chat. You can email me at paul at nooffseason.com. You can join the Discord, all of the things. Um, so I think it possibly presents buy opportunities, Connor, but I, I don't know that I would necessarily buy more of them right now. I think the picture is actually pretty clear. I would not panic sell either of these two guys. I would hold them until the markers that I talked about. Um, one other thing I'm going to say before we kind of we, we talk a little bit more about this and, and move on in the show is that, you know, I, I don't mean to I don't mean to say I told you so, but I because there there's different strokes for different folks and everything's allowed in the hobby and we love the different points of view that come on this show. But this is why I liquidated all of my basketball cards before the season started. This is why I did it, because and this is why I didn't buy anymore during the season. And so there was a little bit of a debate on this show uh, from time to time, some healthy debate about, you know, buy basketball cards, buy basketball cards, buy basketball cards during this dip. And yes, it was a dip. I'm talking about specifically the Thanksgiving through Christmas time period where there was a dip on basketball cards. Yes, it was a dip, but it's still right smack dab in the middle of a season and players get injured. And I do not like the risk of holding players during their season at all when they could get injured. And so one of my sport, one of my guidelines is to sell before the season starts and uh, implement those types of strategies. And so this is why I, I liquidated all my basketball cards. I'm still only holding one basketball card. It's a 2020 Anthony Edwards silver prism PSA 10, because it is a card that should rise in value over the next two to five years. Um, 
And it's just one that I'm, I'm comfortable holding, even if he gets injured. Um, so, so, you know, I think, um, lefty will still win and others who followed lefty with this Halliburton play will still win. And, you know, I think the selling markers look good. Like I talked about, but this is why I liquidate. Love it. Yeah. Phenomenal breakdown there, Paul. Real quick before before we continue, just want to say good morning to Shane Graham, Randy Ferguson, and Adrian Charlie in the live chat. Thanks for being here, guys. Let's dissect this just a little bit. And I, I completely agree with where you're at. I think one of the big the big word that I was waiting for you to say was panic. Do not panic sell, right? Um, so I'm gonna challenge you a little bit. Not necessarily that I'm on the on the other side of the fence here, but just curious your thoughts. So you mentioned there potentially being opportunities, but wanting to wait a couple months to see how their markets kind of shake out. And I think that's a good decision. But do you think that the opportunity might come to buy now from other people panic selling and you're able to find deals on players because they are rushing those sales instead of being patient like we're telling our listeners to do? Yeah, you should definitely look. I think that's a good point. I think I think you should definitely look. And we and and we talked last week about how do you get involved in the action without like how do you scratch the itch? I think it was uh, one galaxy germ and and uh Joelric uh was they were chatting in the live chat and you and I commented on it on the show and I kind of unpacked like maybe three or four tactics to scratch the itch of action without spending money. And this is a good this is a good way to do it. You know, check the action on auctions related to the right cards. You know, make sure you go for the right cards. Um, Jaw and Halliburton. And, you know, maybe you snipe one. And if you can snipe one, meaning I think our definition of snipe is typically like getting something at like, you know, five to 20% under comps would be like a snipe. And so if you can snipe one, um, maybe try it in an auction. But I think it still could be too early because usually my experience is that the market doesn't really hit the floor until a few weeks after an injury like this. Because remember, the player's still in the news. And so it's not necessarily about the injury that dips the value right away. It's when they're out of the news cycle completely that dips the value right away. So yes, you could you could find some people panic selling, but I still think you're going to see more bids now on those auctions because the players in the news and everyone's got this idea. Then you will see the amount of bid. I think you'll see the amount of bids and competition for the cards decrease when they're completely out of the news cycle. And that's part of the reason why I say wait three, four, five, six, seven, eight weeks. Yep. Even bad news is news. I think that's a great response there. They're still like, they're still relevant at the end of the day. You're not really going where they ain't at this moment because there's still enough eyes on them uh, due to the recent news that's happening. But you did mention you think lefty can still win this play with Halliburton here. Uh, and you've been talking about lefty winning 2024 in general. Uh, and we think he will keep winning. Fortunately, I was able to talk to lefty about some of his biggest wins uh, of 2023 and the takeaways uh, Paul, let's go ahead and hop right into Lefty's uh, breakdown of uh, one of his baseball prospect plays that you both made uh, that panned out in 2023. Let's bring Lefty in here. Lefty, what do you got, man? The 2023 was a strong year, and Paul has been pitching that 2024 is the year of Lefty McKee. We're expecting a bunch of strong W's. You've been hitting a lot of flag plants lately. There have been a few L's and a lot of W's. What we're going to do today is we're going to hop in uh, to your first big W of 2023, kind of talk about uh, the cards you picked, the, what the play was, and how it turned out for you. 
Hey Connor. So one of my first early big plays of last of 2023 was the Indy Rodriguez play. We had been building that one up a lot in 2022 and I had been coming up with a mock strategy of what we were going to do going forward. And I believed in some of our guidelines so big uh, that I really wanted to push heavily and put all my chips in one basket and really see if it was going to work for me. And so for with Indy Rodriguez, we did that in 2023 and we saw an incredible profit rate from the strategies and guidelines we pushed forward. And I think Paul and I were just so excited that we we're like, yes, we believed in this, but now we have actual proof, you know, like right. this is bona fide going to be a banger for us. And so Indy was our first big bang. Um, and so that happened in March of 2023. I had overall spent um, $1,653 on seven different um, Indy Rodriguez cards. The biggest one I could find was a out of five Sapphire. I ended up grading that and gymming a 10, which obviously helped. But then I went for several other big versions of that card. So I kind of played my way down from there. I started with an out of five, went with an out of 25 orange that was just beautiful because he's in the Mets gear. So it's the team color. Um, and then I got some blues that are also team color with the Mets. And then I got some others, just base sapphires. And then I got a gold as well. So it, I ended up going for like five out of 25, out of five, out of 25, out of 50, out of 99, out of 150, and then out of 299, and then a sapphire, and then some base. I shotgunned it, uh, you know, with Andy Rodriguez, and it played perfectly. Um, so I had 1,700-ish invested in the beginning, and I ended up selling my out of five for a net profit of 2164 and so on one card i ended up uh 400 almost 500 dollars above what my entire investment for the indie play was and then so my several of my biggest sales of 2023 ended up being the really high number indie rodriguez cards that we got out of in march of 2023 um when i look at my listings when I look at 2023 in general, 36% of my sales are in March of last year because dollar amounts, I had some massive cards that were coming off, not just Indy Rodriguez's. We had a lot of other baseball plays that we made in, in March, but Indy Rodriguez itself, I made seven and a half profit on that seven and a half K profit on just Indy Rodriguez alone last year. So he's got to be my number one flag plant that I made that ended up profiting big time. For those that are uh, not up to date with prospects necessarily, give me a quick breakdown of who Indy Rodriguez was and why you like investing him so much. And for for me, because I think I joined, I think I became a part of the family after uh, this was kind of uh, planted by you and the profits had been realized. So was this one of the first times where you guys were like, wow, investing investing in these prospects can really uh, multiple X our, our cash flow? Is this when this became a real strategy or, or had you guys been profiting off this for a while? Yeah, so in 2022, I made this move towards Paul. I believe that prospect autos are where the money is going to be made in baseball. And he was talking to me about like, do we invest in Judge? Do we invest in, you know, Acuna or Soto or whatever? And I was like, I really think, I really firmly believe it's in prospects. As soon as they make it, boom, we're on to the next. And so uh, I said, I'm going to push all my chips with the the five different outlooks that I look on a player, which is WRC plus hit rate. We have uh, the K rate and some other things that we can go back to in uh, Bowman baseball for dummies and things in some of our video guides. Um, 
But when you look back at that, that would this was the first guy that we said, okay, when we plug all those into fan graphs and we have like 10 or five, 10 or 15 dudes that spit out of that top category, there was one name on there that had cards that was a name I didn't know when we started, and a name that um I when I you know when we talked about that with Aram and the just baseball guys, they were like, Yes, this dude is for real, you know, and 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 Aram found him um first. And then started talking about this and it mirrored with our other strategy. And I was like, yes, we need to just dive all in here, Paul. And so uh, so we did. And that's really fueled us going forward with that is what we do now is Bowman Chrome Auto. Take the top prospects in that area. As soon as they make the call up, we push our chips in and then move to the next prospect. That's really where our guidelines started. And this was the first guy that came through out of 2022. And then in 2023, profits were realized. Uh, and that was a that was a huge win and showed that we can continue to do this because Indy Rodriguez was just a low A catcher uh, for the Pirates that was thrown into a deal. Like he was just thrown in and it was just a nobody. And Aram started looking at a lot of his statistics and we started, me and him started talking in our just baseball scene. And then we, that translated over to this into the sports card realm. And I was just like, this guy's going to blow up. And he did. Yeah. A lot of stuff to unpack there from lefty in regards to this Indy Rodriguez play. So Paul, I'm going to tee up in just a moment, but real quick, let's do a, a quick mini breakdown on it. So, Essentially, this established some guidelines based on what Lefty's saying, and because uh, you know he mentioned he mentioned Indy Rodriguez being someone that uh, people didn't necessarily know. So I think, in my eyes, you guys were able to look at a flyer play that panned out and and think, wow, we can look at the top prospects to kind of remove risk from flyer plays and start making that a consistent move going forward in terms of making it a guideline. Um, I also like how for the flyer play, Lefty likes to look at metrics to kind of identify potential outliers that could provide higher upside at a lower entry point. Uh, some guys that you'll see uh, throughout the baseball rankings, maybe towards the bottom of our list. Um, and then also big thing, got to purchase the right cards. You guys figured out the Bowman Chrome first autos, uh, lefty mentions color matches, things like that. A lot of good uh, guidelines kind of melted into this strategy uh, that's become a consistent play for you guys on baseball prospects. But Paul, uh, go ahead and hop in on anything additional that you've got to discuss uh, for lefty's breakdown. Yeah, you nailed it. I think this is something that everybody needs to rewind on their podcast apps or on YouTube and and watch and listen to again because there's a few things that we need to underscore. You and Lefty have already said all of these things. I am just going to underscore them. Uh, one of them is, you know, you we don't want you to be baseball scouts. We burned ourselves sort of trying to be baseball scouts. And so what's not really in Lefty's uh, overview there is all of the guys that we missed on. <laughs> so we did a lot of trial and error and we missed on a lot of guys and we hit on Andy and it's great that we hit on Andy, but I don't want, I don't want anyone to get it confused. We're not saying to go out and try to do what we did on your own and try to find somebody that nobody knows about. That's not what we're saying at all. We're not saying, go look at these advanced metrics and, and try to find your own guy. Even if the cards are cheap, if you want to do that in a vacuum for fun, great. Like we, we would support you just saying like, Hey guys, like I just kind of want to have fun with some of my money. And that's something, you know, I love baseball. I love minor league baseball and, and the draft and prospecting. I mean, I love that too. And I might allocate some of my fun money to that, but I'm not allocating any of my money to that at all until further notice, because I'm not trying to be a baseball scout. I'm trying to make money flipping sports cards. So, but you're right, Connor, there were 
guidelines established out of that process saying, let's not try to find the next guy that nobody knows about. Let's use what we learned from this whole process that, oh, by the way, we profited on Endy, but we lost money on all these other guys. Let's learn from that and let's say only buy the top X amount of prospects. Now what that birthed is our current baseball card rankings at nooffseason.com. Another thing that I want to hit on real quick um, that Lefty talked about, but I'm going to underscore it as a big deal that he kind of glossed over, is that if you notice, he said he sold his ND cards in March of 2023. ND wasn't called up until July of 2023. So Lefty implemented a different guideline that we've talked recently about on the Sports Card Strategy Show. If you go back as far as like eight months ago, you'll hear us talking about sell at the call-up, sell at the call-up, sell at the call-up, sell at the call-up. And we still say that. We still say sell at the call-up. That is the marker. But more recently in the last in the last probably four weeks, maybe six weeks, Lefty started talking about, look, maybe we should look at like the way that Paul sells before the basketball season starts during that one week. Maybe there's a week during the baseball season that we should be selling our prospects to mitigate risk, not only against a, a prospect fatigue, like kind of what happened with Endy. He got a, he had a little hype in March. That's when Lefty sold him. By the time July rolled around, nobody cared. And Ellie De La Cruz was, was mashing. So even less people cared. So what Lefty did was he mitigated risk, and that was super smart on his part. So I want, I want to call that out. I want to call out the strategy of it's, it's probably okay to sell prospects if you're up on them in March and not wait for the call-up. So that's one thing. I think that, you know, I also wanted to highlight that Lefty, this was Lefty's win of the year in 2023 on this show. Um, and I think that he made a lot of plays in 2023 that will help him win in 2024 with what he learned. And so I'm excited to continue to talk to Lefty and have him on the show to talk about those wins and talk about those plays and the learnings from it. Lefty's great at unpacking you know, what he's learned and how to help everybody else win. So we're going to keep doing that. He's right. It was a huge win for us. We learned a ton. Uh, it's really, you know, part of the process was what sparked what we're doing today. And so, um, you know, I think uh, that's all, you know, that ND play was all lefty. Like finding ND was all lefty. And it was in the wide net uh, that we threw out into the ocean that we started to build that process. The other guys that I mentioned that we kind of missed on a little bit would be like Griffin Conine, Austin Shenton, if you've been with us for a while, even guys like Nick Gonzalez and Kyle Manzardo. We've had a bunch of prospects in our rankings along the way that didn't pan out, but that's made us more confident than ever in our current baseball card rankings and, and mitigating risk. So I think um, hopefully... At some point, we'll get into the Ellie De La Cruz play with Lefty on a future episode because I think the Ellie De La Cruz play was actually maybe more in line with what our current guidelines look like. And Endy was more kind of catching lightning in a bottle. Uh, it was more of a penny stock. So finding, I just want to underscore, finding the Endies of the world is way harder, kind of than what Lefty made it sound like here in this, in this video, um, this clip. But I want to emphasize that, you know, again, we've added a couple of other guidelines in the last year at Sports Card School that people need to pay more attention to than simply the, the advanced metrics. Um, you know, I think they are who is a top three prospect 
on MLB.com top 100. You know, who is in the media the most? Who has the most social media highlights posted hitting the most bombs, right? To me, it's much more about these metrics than the advanced baseball metrics in terms of what drives a prospect card value to the moon upon call-up or upon the March hype rise. So it was great that this one worked out, but I think there were, you know, again, several that didn't, but to Lefty's point, this did prove our process could work. It springboarded us into what we're doing now, and it gave us knowledge on how to make the process better by adding other guidelines to reduce risk, and that's the key to this. But Lefty did a great job, and we'll have more for sure Lefty in 2024. Again, just I'm just concerned. I think it's super fun to try to be a baseball scout, but it's not a sports card strategy to buy penny stocks like Andy Rodriguez. Um, another takeaway here, Connor, is that to your point, he bought the right cards. So he bought the right cards of Andy, who was a flyer at the right time. He talked about the out of five, the out of 25, the out of 99, et cetera. Um, so I think these are all reasons why he made money on this. And, and I think that, again, we want you to focus on players that have more hype than the Andy Rodriguez's of the world. But great job by Lefty on today's show. Yep, totally agree. We'll use that to transition to make a talking point real quick on our baseball rankings update. Paul, you're, we've kind of been discussing the last several minutes about narrowing that focus to some of the top guys that have the most hype. Um, and we want to we want to be portraying a consistent message across the network. So we've done that. So if you head over to nooffseason.com and take a look at the baseball rankings, you'll see that list consolidated down to the top 25 guys we think you should be investing in. Uh, we've also added Dylan Cruz, that Stars and Stripes kaboom that you pitched a couple of weeks ago for guys that want to invest in the LSU standout. We have been talking a lot about hype. The king of hype in the baseball world is Shohei Otani, Paul. So go ahead and hop into what we're going to uh, discuss with Shohei and who we're going to discuss uh, Shohei with. Shohei transcends our buy prospects set of guidelines, right? He kind of has his own guideline. Um, only by major leaguers named Shohei Otani. Only by major leaguers if they're named Shohei Otani is a better way to say that. Uh, he fits in the theme of last week's app where we talked about how to make money continuously buying and selling the same player. So you heard us talk last week about uh, guys like Shadur Sanders and Victor Wembanyama and the, the periods of certainty and the periods of uncertainty, but the general premise that you could continuously trade them for profit. Shohei is that guy too. If you didn't listen to last week's app, go back and, and listen to it on your favorite podcast app or right here at youtube.com slash Paul Hickey. But, uh, you know, we talked about the ups and downs related to a player that's that guy, that that's that right player. And so the previous marker, which, which was the up, was the free agent signing. So we said to sell at the free agent signing. We didn't know where he was going to go. He ended up going to the Dodgers, which we thought was huge. And anyone who texted sports cards to one 992 got a nice sell alert to crystallize the profits there. But we also said, leading up to that signing, we also, Chad, Lefty, and I, we all said, uh, you could probably buy back in during a post-signing spike dip. And so, Connor, we're here. And you've worked on an article at nooffseason.com. Uh, we kind of teamed up on that article together, but you updated it based on recent data. And we've posted an article at nooffseason.com called Top Budget Shohei Otani Cards to Invest in During the MLB Offseason. It's a great article to go check out now. 
for those of you who want to buy in to Shohei Otani. We think that he's the right player. We think that this is the right time to buy in. We're, we're, we're far enough past. People don't care about the signing anymore. So his prices have gone down a little bit and they have gone down for specific budget cards. We're listing those cards out at nooffseason.com. So go check that out. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Yep, great breakdown of uh, one way we're telling uh, our listeners that you can make money on Shohei. Well, I guess a couple of different ways, but uh, the guideline being finding budget plays for Shohei right now in a period uh, where his prices have kind of dipped. But there's more than one way to make uh, money on Shohei. You know, we've talked about him being someone that you can make money on over and over uh, but there's multiple ways to make money on him over and over. So now uh, I was able to get together with Dr. Crack. We're going to break down some ways to uh, increase the value of your cards by getting them graded. Uh, so Dr. Crack's got a few different plays, one of them being Shohei Otani. Let's go ahead and hear from Dr. Crack, Paul. Let's bring in Chad Gill. Here we go. Pop right into um, to grade or not to grade. Some plays you've got of raw prints where you think you can make some cash. All right, Connor. Thanks. All right, the first one we're going to talk about here is going to be, in previous episodes, you've heard us talk that the beginning of the year is the time to invest in Formula One racing. F1 cards, this is the time that you wanted. December, January is the time. So we are going to look at last year's champion, Max Verstappen. 2020 Topps Chrome Formula One Sapphire Edition, card number six. This card last sale was December 8th in raw condition for $49.88. It's a weird number, obviously, because it was an auction bid, not uh, not a buy it now. Um, this card has a gem rate of 76.9%. 653 of the 849 cards graded have been gem mint 10s by PSA. It has a PSA 9 of 18.3% or 159 out of the 849 cards. So that adds up, Connor, to 808 of the 849 cards graded or 95.2% chance of a 9 or better. Those are some pretty good odds. A PSA 9, the last sale was January 2nd. For $150. A PSA 10 also sold on January 2nd for $294. So buy it for $50, get it shipped, get it graded, and a PSA 9 triples your money. 
a PSA 10, 6X is your money. Those are some pretty good odds. Yeah, fantastic find here from Chad per usual. Let me ask you, Chad, if, if you were one to make this play, um, which is, it seems kind of like a no-brainer, I would actually be shocked if you're not personally making this play. Um, would you be, once you get it graded, would you be trying to hold for a certain sell market to try to uh, even uh, X the profits further, or are you just going to go ahead and let it rip, uh, take your money from the 9 or the 10 that you get back? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to let it rip um, because you're going to be getting it back right about the time that Formula One is hitting full stride in spring. Um, 60 days roughly right now is PSA turnaround times. So you're going to get it back right at the start of the season. You're going to get all the hype of the beginning of the season. Um, I would turn around and flip that card right away and move on to the next play. Keep that money moving, Connor. Absolutely love it. Get that cash flow back. It's a perfect timing play from Chad here. Not only did he find a card uh, that can increase in value, but he's got a card that by the time you get it back, it's going to be the right time to sell it anyway. So love that pick, Chad. What do you got next for me? All right, the next card we're going to talk about is none other than lefty's favorite guy, Shohei Otani. 2018 Bowman, card number 49. It is not his first Bowman. It is a 2018 Bowman base card number 49. He is pitching in this card. This card last sold on January 1st, raw for $24.29. This card has a gem rate of only 46.4%. It has a PSA 9 of 45.9%. This card has been graded 21,980 times, Connor. So 10,191 times it gemmed, 10,081 times it got a PSA 9. Add those two together. 20,272 out of the 21,980 cards gives you a 92.2% chance of a nine or better. So let's take a look at what the numbers look like, Connor. The raw was $24 on January 1st. On January 1st, a PSA nine sold for $40.98. So you buy it for 24, you grade it. Right now there's the $15 grading special. So you're going to have $40 invested. You're going to get $40 or $41 back. There's a very low floor for this card. But if this card gets a PSA 10, right now this card on January 2nd sold for $149. That's a 3x your money. But wait, there's more. This is like an infomercial, Connor. That card, that card in summer last year with all of the hype, that card was selling for $300. That's a 6X your money. Shohei Otani, there will be several selling markers coming up in the season. One of them probably will be opening day. As Lefty talked, if you watched the episode where he just got all juiced up about him coming out in Dodger blue, taking that first at-bat in Dodger blue, the crowd going wild, Lefty going wild. This card is going to have some significant uptick between now and opening day. Um, so the 149, I think, is conservative. It's actually a 180-day low for that card. Um, so this is a very liquid card with 21,000. It's a goat. It's Shohei Otani. 
And with a 92% nine or 10 rate, there is a floor where you almost can't lose money. Love it. So many good characteristics here. I want to touch on the pop count real quick. You mentioned um, a lot of these have been graded. There's a big pop count and they're very liquid. Um, how much How much do you think this plays into strategy for people if you're trying to make sure that you can liquidate your cash flow quickly? Um, do they need to be only chasing cards in terms of trying to grade raw cards that have these high pop counts? No, I, I picked this card of Shohei Otani's because it has the high pop count. I wanted to show people that get all caught up in, in pop numbers that you can make money on high pop cards. You, you know, we talk about finding a low pop card gives you the opportunity when there's hype that it spikes much higher, much faster because they're of the rarity of the card. But you have the flip side, Connor, when you have 21,000 cards graded, it's because of the popularity of Shohei Otani. And going to the LA Dodgers, that popularity is only going to grow this season, regardless of the fact he's not going to pitch it all this year. When he takes that field for the first time in Dodger blue and he smacks that first home run, there is going to be a hype spike, like almost like the guy was in the World Series, I think. So Otani is a very safe investment right now, in my opinion. I love it. I love it. And and this is a slightly off topic here, but I wanted to get your feedback because Dr. Crack has all the answers. When Shohei does hit that home run, would you expect teammates cards, for example, Yamamoto uh, and other signings to see like residual rises as well? Is that a thing? Not really. Um, however, if Yamamoto is the pitcher, the game that he smacks that home run and Yamamoto throws 15 strikeouts and seven innings and they get the W you could see Yamamoto and other players at that point, you could have a residual because everybody's going to be psyched that they won opening day or the second or third game of the season. Otani's hitting bombs. Yamamoto striking out at record paces, the hype around the team then could drive prices for other players, but it's going to take, it's going to take a combination of the two, doing something spectacular, I think, to bring the other players up. Um, but there's some big names on this team, so it, you know I could see that happening. Great breakdown of plays there from Dr. Crack, as always. We got more plays for you guys, though, and they're coming from Paul Hickey. We got several. So, Paul, let's go ahead and transition to some of the plays that you're making um, and get us rocking and rolling. A lot of plays today. A lot of plays today, Connor. And... Uh... I'm going to get into one that I'm right in the middle of right now. A guy that I've talked about in the past with clear selling markers and a lot of hype. And we're going to switch sports real quick and go to basketball and Bronny James. So there's a lot of news going on in the hobby right now around Bronny's father. Uh, you probably check that out uh, uh, on other outlets and, and we may comment on it next week. But uh, Bronny, 2023 Tops Chrome All-American Base. I bought a mix of about 10 of these cards. Um, he had a 63, a number 63 and a number 20. They're just different photos. I bought a mix of these cards, a mix of refractor singles and just regular base. And I had one auto. And so here's where I'm at with it. Uh, those 10 cards, I'm waiting on two to come back from PSA, but of the eight, 
Uh, I'll break down what I've sold so far. But first, uh, I am $625 total, including grading in on all 10 of those cards. Uh, the eight that I've sold so far have grossed 681. Um, but if you do the math and take away the cost and the fees, I'm currently down $98, but I still have those two cards both at PSA and I've already incorporated the fees of the grading and the cards in uh, the total of the 625. So the two cards that I'm waiting to get back are a base refractor 20 and a, a base PSA 10 20, the non-refractor of mine just sold for 188. So if my base refractor number 20 gets a, gets a PSA 10, that could be, I mean, if you're going on the price of the base PSA 10 going for 188, the refractor PSA 10, if it gets a 10, should go for significantly more than that if I sell it at the right time, which I will, of course, because I'm monitoring the market at all times. And then the other one's an auto. So the auto, if the auto gets a 10, I'm thinking that could be maybe even a four-figure card, close to a four-figure card. Even, even though it's a Topps Chrome All-American release and the Bowman U Basketball Chrome should be coming out within the next couple of months, I, I still will sell those cards for quite a bit of money if they come back PSA 10s. Even if they're 9s, I think worst case, I break even as a whole on the entire play, which isn't great. Like I've said, we want we want to profit. We want to profit a lot. But I wanted to update you where I'm at with the Bronny play. I think I'm feeling good. Down 98 bucks, but two potential huge cards coming back from PSA. So stay tuned on the show coming up for that update. Yeah, I love the Bronny James play. However, I want to I want to ask you a question. So you don't it feels like you haven't written necessarily had a marker for Bronny, right? You're just getting them back. True. Yeah. Getting them moved. So as well, of late, let, there has let, been let me, let me comment on that real quick, and then and then you can ask your follow-up question here. So, sure. okay. So when I bought these cards, I had a marker. And, and this is actually when, when we, we unpacked the Shadur play last week, and we unpacked the Wemby play last week, and I'm just going to say the same thing happened with Bronny. So I had a marker, and the marker was going to be the 2024 NBA draft. And then what happened was he had his cardiac arrest. And so he had his cardiac arrest, which all of a sudden now, is he ever going to play basketball again? And so then the marker changed to like period of uncertainty, like immediate period of uncertainty, like what's going on. And then when he got cleared medically, um, it was clear that he was going to play in 2024 at USC, but that he was going to be kind of eased in, which he has been. And he's looked good, but he's still, he's, he still hasn't been like unleashed yet. Right. And so the marker went away, which happens like that happens and we have to adjust. So I've had to adjust on the fly with my brawny play. There was a clear selling marker, which is why I bought in at first. The cardiac arrest was one thing that made me adjust. The other thing that made me adjust Connor was the, was the thing I just mentioned, which is the imminent release of his first Bowman Chrome in a USC uniform, which was another like, Oh crap. I've got to really adjust now. I've so now the selling marker went from wait till the, wait till the 2024 NBA draft, which isn't going to happen. So now it's like maybe the 2025 NBA draft, but now 
the card that you want to own heading into the 2025 NBA draft is likely going to be that one that I don't have yet that hasn't come out yet, the Bowman Chrome first. So now I'm sitting here with these Topps Chrome All-Americans and I'm adjusting much the way we talked earlier this week about how we're adjusting on the Connor Bedard Topps Now thing. Some of the audience is adjusting. So I'm just adjusting and, and I'm saying like, look, you know, I th I thought this was going to be a Wemby Topps Now, Wemby SI for kids, Bedard sticker level flip for me. And now I'm looking at like, hey, if I can get out of this plus... 50 bucks plus a hundred bucks out of a 625 in investment. It's not ideal, but I'm, I'm hoping, but if, if the, if the auto hits, I think even though it's a tops Chrome, all American McDonald's, all American game, if it's a PSA 10 tops, Chrome, Bronny James auto, I should be okay on that card. And I should be able to wait until I get the price that I want for it. But I mean, TBD. So sorry to cut you off there, but I think it I, I saw where you were going with the question and I wanted to just dive right into it. Yeah, you did, a, you did a good job kind of fizzling out some of my argument, but I think you did a great, one of the best things that you said there was that you've had to adjust, right? And that just happens. We talk a lot about uncertainty and things happening that we just can't control. So you bought it with a marker, something happened that you couldn't control and you had to adjust. And I think one, that's a great uh, guideline and, and like learning lesson for people listening that Sometimes you have to adjust the play that you've made, even if you think that you have a rock solid strategy in place. But and, and and Shane Graham here is doing some adjusting, right? So for those of you listening on Apple and Spotify, Shane Graham uh, bought the Bowman U now, and he's got uh, nine of them at SGC. Gave one of them to his son, so he's adjusting. Um, so yeah, Shane, let us know how that goes. But but sorry, Connor, what were you going to ask? Yeah, no worries. Um, so I'm wondering if you feel that you can adjust again here because I, I'm almost in the spot with Bronny where you, you're right. He hasn't been unleashed yet. He hasn't played a single game. He hasn't played more than 20 minutes in a single game. However, he has looked really solid. Dropped 15 points on 6 of 11 shooting against Oregon State. 10 points against Cal in just 18 minutes on 4 of 6 shooting. He's got that kind of it factor on the floor where like he's all over the place. He's winning games. He helps team. He's a winner. In my eyes, he plays the game the right way. And obviously, he's the son of LeBron James. So the hype is there. Do you feel like you can maybe readjust now? Because additionally, something I don't know if you were aware, but it's, it's come out recently that he said he wants to leave USC as soon as, as, as possible to get to the league. So with a shorter runway in college, that could essentially mean you're mitigating your risk because if your marker then switches back to the NBA draft, it's coming sooner than expected. What are your thoughts on that? I was not aware. So thanks for bringing that up for the audience here and, and for myself. Uh, that would be, that would be even better. I mean, it would, it would be like, like the Travis hunters and the Shadur Sanders that we're holding. It would be like, if they all of a sudden declared for the, they're not going to, but if they declared for the 2024 NFL draft and all of a sudden there's a bunch of hype around that. Um, if that's what you're saying could happen with Bronny in 2024, I am even more excited about could, could happen. I am even more excited about my Bronny cards because then I don't have to wait as long. Because look, I'm look look if that auto comes back a PSA 10, I'm gonna sit on it until it's the right time to sell it. And I don't know when that right time's gonna be. And all of a sudden, if what you're saying is 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 true and could pan out to where he does enter the 2024 NBA draft, now all of a sudden there's gonna be a ton of hype around that, and I'm gonna sell that card. And, and make some massive profit, even if it's a nine or even if it's a PSA eight, uh, I think I could probably make some money. It's it's going to all depend on the Bronny hype. 
Like, when does the brawny hype train really leave the station and chart, start chugging away and making noise? And when that brawny hype train is making noise, that's when I'm going to sell that card. If it's the 2024 NBA draft, I'm pumped. Yeah, great. great yeah, great response there. I think uh, in my eyes, I don't think he's going to be ready by that time. I think we're looking at a two-year runway at least in college for him. He said the word, the phrase was something along the lines of the goal is to get to the league uh, as quickly as possible. And I don't know that as quickly as possible in his eyes necessarily means rushed. I think his dad has a good gauge of when he might be ready to play in a league that he's played for uh, for more than half his life. So I'm curious to see when that actually does happen. But uh, just a couple signs lending credence uh, to some profits may be coming your way soon. Definitely something we'll keep an eye on in regards to Bronny James uh, and keeping everyone aware of there. Uh, let's go ahead and hop into to, uh, to, uh, some more plays that we're, we've been doing. We've actually been doing research on this for a while. The Olympics, the 2024 Olympics, some people that we think you can invest in now with the most clear sell marker uh, that you could possibly find, that being the, the International Olympics. Uh, so, Paul, you want to hop down or you want to hop into this and kind of break down uh, what we've done over at NoOffSeason.com? Absolutely. So this kind of comes from the from the place of, you know, we talk a lot about keeping a narrow focus. And we also, in, in, a, in a different breath, talk about finding opportunities. And this comes from a place of let's have some fun. And let's start to look at other selling markers because we talk all the time about only buy a card with a selling marker in mind. And you mentioned um, earlier in an earlier episode, earlier recent episode, that my 1K budget builder all had different players, different cards, but the same selling marker. And so we're going to dive into that, but we're going to do it with the upcoming 2024 Summer Olympics so we've got one selling marker, a little bit of a different potential go where they ain't right now in the middle of NFL playoffs, in the middle of all this basketball news, NBA news, and uh, college, you know, national championship just wrapping up earlier this week. We're going to go where they ain't, and we're, gonna, we're just going to tell you to look at some cards of some top-tier Olympians, some active, some retired, with the selling marker in mind of the 2024 Olympics later this summer in Paris, France. Could be interesting to dive into that article now at nooffseason.com. Top Olympian cards to buy now and sell during the 2024 Olympics. So it's a departure from what we normally talk about, but it still applies the same guidelines, which would be clear selling marker, narrow focus, because there's only like four or five cards we talk about in that entire article. We're not in that article. We're not talking about going out and buying every single Olympian and taking chances on all these unknown Olympians and, you know, penny stock Olympians and things like that from weird sports. We're talking in that article about the tried and true big names from the past and a couple of prospects from the present. So go check that out right now at nooffseason.com. We think it's a valuable piece. Again, top Olympian cards to buy now and sell during the 2024 Olympics and let us know what you think. We would we'd love to know your feedback on that article. Yeah, and we're going to hop into a couple more plays uh, that Paul uh, is pitching. But before we do so, I wanted a quick dive into the Olympic sell marker, right? So in my eyes, 
something to consider for those investing in these cards is the same. You, you got to look at it kind of the same way of, of investing in, in quarterbacks going into the playoffs, right? They're all going to have the hype around them on a big stage against the most elite players competing against the most elite players in, in their position. So do you think as a general principle, this is something where people should be listing uh, these cards if they're buying the Olympians prior to them starting the events that they're participating in? They're going to want to list them when they see them in the news cycle. So this is a sim this is as simple as buy them now when they're like five to twelve dollars per card. Um, some of them raw, some of them graded. You're gonna have to pay a little bit more than that. They're all gonna be very low pop. It's not gonna be something where you're gonna be able to go out and get a ton of these. And there's probably gonna be marginal upside. This is not a Shadur Sanders play. This is not a play that we have talked about on the sports card strategy show where we typically say, look, we think you can 5X your money. This is a simple buy when no one's looking. There's not many of them. They're, they're mostly Sports Illustrated for Kids cards. But we've audited the cards that exist on the market that we think you can buy cheap. And then it's a sell just simply when they're in the news cycle because these people are never in the news cycle. So you've got, you've got your big name Olympians from the past. You've got your present Olympi you know, U.S. Olympic favorites to win gold in, in some of the key events. And they're just simply going to be in the news cycle. So, yeah, I don't think you necessarily... So for the retired ones, you're not really waiting for anything other than just maybe them to be on TV or mentioned on TV. And then you're listing those things for sale. For the active ones, I think you're going to have to audit, you know, do I, do I end an auction as they're hyping up the start of their event, the same way that we would say end an auction before someone like Jordan loves playoff game starts. Yes. Um, so hopefully that answers your question. Absolutely. Yeah. That's exactly what I was looking for there. Let's move into, uh, let's shift our focus over to football. Actually a little bit. We're going to talk a little bit of college football. Uh, Paul, you, you reached out to me a couple of days ago. And we're like, I've seen some opportunity here. We should discuss it further. Couldn't agree more. You want to go ahead and break down who you're looking at in the college football scene. Yeah, and you have done a nice job adding these two names to our football card rankings at nooffseason.com this week, so everybody should go check them out. But a couple of wide receivers. I wanted to wait until the end of the college football season. Now that the college football season is officially over, there are two names that I really like because now I think their markets have settled. And I think if you buy them now in auctions and you buy the right cards for these two guys, I'm going to break down what they are, but there's more at nooffseason.com. I think you're buying them at the right time. The reason they're the right players is because they have a clear runway of the NFL draft. So this is a deeper dive into what we talked about earlier this week and last week with some of the bigger names related to the upcoming NFL draft. Now, the names are Malik Neighbors from LSU and Rome Adunze from Washington. These are essentially the 2A and the 2B behind Maserati Marvin Harrison. And these are going to be probably top 15 to top 25 picks in the upcoming 2024 NFL draft. So this is kind of like riding the coattails of the plays that we've already talked about with Caleb Williams, Drake May, Marvin Harrison. It's just riding the coattails of that and saying, well, hey, if a rising tide lifts all ships, why not grab a couple more ships? And so you've got Malik Neighbors auctions right now. You know, you've got in four hours, there's one that's ending uh, Bowman Chrome you orange auto out of 25 and it's at $125 right now. Now that could end, that could end likely closer to three or $400, but there's only one bid, you know? So there's not a whole lot of uh, action left 
on these auctions. There's not a whole lot of action in general on these auctions. Um, Roma Dunze, same thing. Now he underperformed in the in the national championship game, which is one reason why I wanted to wait uh, to see how that played out. That could be a good thing because it could mean that there's a lot less eyeballs on Roma Dunze auctions right now. But he's like six two. He's like kind of like Marvin Harrison. He just doesn't have the name. So I think um, come NFL draft, it's the same strategy. It's the same list on April 17th, list to end in seven-day auctions on April 25th, right around the start of the draft. Their names are going to be featured quite a bit. The only thing I might tweak with these two guys, Connor, now that I heard myself say that, is because they're not as big a names, a better strategy than a seven to 10 day auction might simply be a buy it now or best offer, have them listed in a buy it now or best offer at a price that essentially like two to two and a half X is your money. If somebody were to snag it, you win. But then let's say, let's say they get drafted earlier than everybody expects. Let's say they overperform on draft day, quote unquote, right? Now, rip that buy an hour best offer down, relist it in a, you know, five to seven day auction or a seven to 10 day auction and put a high opening bid amount. And I think you're going to win a lot. I think there's just so many strategies to make money on these two players in addition to the other ones that I wanted to talk about it. So the easiest thing to do also is text sports cards to one eight three three nine nine two five seven two seven. We're going to be sending out a ton of sell alerts come NFL draft. So follow us there. Yeah. I love both of these picks, Paul, obviously just capitalizing on that sell marker that you've been talking about for several weeks now, in particular, I really like the Malik neighbors play. And let me kind of explain why I know we don't often want to use statistics necessarily to, to build a picture of why to invest in a card. But if you break him down next to Maserati, Marvin Harrison jr, his year was far superior. Statistically speaking, he had over 20 more catches and 300 more receiving yards in a single season. Uh, than Maserati Marv did. So uh, I, I'm not saying this is why you should invest in someone that we want hype to build up. What I am saying is that in a month and a half when that NFL combine comes around, he could be someone that we start seeing uh, his name really creep up in the news more and get closer uh, to Marvin Harrison Jr. In, in terms of who guys are trying to pick up first as this first wide receiver in the in the combine. So just a little tidbit uh, to add there. I think uh, investing in Malik Neighbors could be a big-time W. Another W that we got is Mosaic Joe on the show today. Farmer Joe, uh, he's got his goals of the year. A great breakdown. If you have goals of the year, we definitely want to hear from you guys. Reach out to me, Connor, at nooffseason.com. That's C-O-N-N-E-R at nooffseason.com. We'll get you featured on the show. But, Paul, you want to go ahead and queue up Mosaic Joe? We're going to see Mosaic Joe at Culture Collision in a few weeks. Connor, he's going to be there. That's when I originally met Mosaic Joe. He told me, Wow, your voice sounds familiar. Are you Paul Hickey from the Sports Card Strategy Show? And I said, yes, I am. Nice to meet you. And he said, I listen to your show all the time while I'm farming on my farm. So here's Farmer Joe. Take it away. Hey, everyone. Mosaic Joe here, also known as Farmer Joe. Uh, for those who have ever wondered, I'm an organic mushroom farmer. I grow shiitake and oyster mushroom on uh, hardwood logs in the mountains of North Georgia. Uh, so that is, uh, that is my main job, but I would love for sports cards to be a bigger part of my, my income. And, uh, one way I've been doing that is through consigning, um, 
but I've also amassed quite the inventory of my own. And one of my main goals for 2024 is to reduce the size of my own inventory, especially the low end. Um, and by low end, I'm, I'm thinking anything under 50 bucks and I've got quite a bit of that. So, uh, hopefully at the culture collision trade show, I'm able to reduce that. I'm going to be offering some pretty big deals on cards. So if you guys are at the show, come by, say hi. I'm going to be motivated to sell those. Anything under 50 bucks, it's, yeah. You shoot me an offer, I probably say yeah. So um, the other thing that I want to do this year is I want to be a better contributor to this show. This show has been a great platform for many of us to really show what we're doing in the hobby and just to gain insight from each other and to learn about the intricacies of certain sets. And, you know, there's always the ability to learn within this community. And uh, the more of us that contributed to shows like this, the more knowledge that's shared within the community. So I would love to be able to share my knowledge of especially football cards with 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 everyone that uh that watches and and takes this content in so those are my resolutions for this year again i hope everyone uh had a happy new year and um here's to 2024 you know, we want everybody sharing their knowledge, Connor. I think Mosaic Joe makes a great point there in that video. We want everybody sharing their knowledge here at the Sports Card Strategy Show. And so we have tried to structure the show in a way where we can provide the most value to our audience. And uh, Mosaic Joe brings a lot of value. So hopefully we do hear more from him. And, and uh, you know, speaking of the audience, I know we want to get into some audience QA. Uh, before we do that, any thoughts on Mosaic Joe's video, Connor? I think it's he made a great point about wanting to share knowledge. And I think something that's awesome is that it's, it's a community here, right? We, everyone needs to learn from each other. And a, a great spot to do that is in the Discord. So if you're not part of the Discord, head over to nooffseason.com. Find Sports Card Strategy Show up top. You'll see a, a little link that you can click to join the Discord there. There's a lot of good conversation uh, that occurs in there on a weekly and daily basis. Um, and then also make sure... Uh, to reach out to us if you got stuff you want featured on the show. Uh, we want to make this year about you guys. So uh, just wanted to add that there. But let's go ahead and hop in to our audience Q&A. A couple good things. And then I've actually got my own audience question for Paul to get to get a, an answer for. But let's start off with Janelle Shu In regards to baseball prospects, she says, I wonder if selling the prospects that may be late year call-ups or next year call-ups in March would yield better profit. Thoughts yes. here, Paul? Yes, 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 yes. For sure. You know, okay, again, like to, to totally beat a dead horse here, like we, we've talked a lot on the show about, you know, guys that got called up in August this past year did not get the bump in pricing. And we need to adjust. We talk about adjustments a lot, of you, just even on this episode and constantly learning. We've talked about that on recent episodes. So Janelle is pointing out an actionable insight based on based on what we've learned and and I think if lefty would have waited like to use lefty's example on today's show of selling ND in March if he would have waited till the call up he would he he would have lost like that would have been an L and so uh I think that if you're if 
if you're looking at an expected arrival date of a, of a prospect, like I'm going to give you my example. We've talked about Drew Jones on this show. We, you know, for those of you that go back with us uh, several months, there's a, there was a little bit of a, of a, a debate, I'll call it, uh, between Lefty and I, and Chad was kind of the moderator about Drew Jones. And we talked about this at the National, actually, too, with Aram Layton from JustBaseball.com. And my point on Drew Jones was, I don't care how good of a baseball player he is. Uh, there's a lot of hype around him, and so I've bought in, and I'm going to sell. And I think that selling marker, Janelle, is, is March. I think Drew Jones is a perfect example of a guy that I don't want to wait until the call-up for because I don't know when that call-up's going to be. There might not be any hype around that call-up, and there might be a lot of prospect fatigue around Drew Jones. So we want to help you avoid the prospect fatigue. So I'm going to, I'm going to list all my Drew Jones cards in March. And I think if you're, if you're looking at a prospect with the estimated arrival date in the MLB, that's later than say 2024. Like if it doesn't say 2024 right now, I think you should probably uh, just go ahead and, and, and list them in March. I think that, um, in March, there's also going to be a lot of news that we're going to need to pay attention to. So again, text one 992 Text the word sports cards to that number, and uh, we will be selling out a lot of sell alerts. And our sell alerts in March will probably include some guys that, 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 that Janelle might be referring to. Yep, great breakdown there, Paul. Let's go ahead and hop over to Shane Graham. We did a lot of show hate talk today. Uh, Shane commented, said, I'm not really seeing the big dip, dip on Shohei yet. Lefty's card 2018 Topps Chrome Update PSA 10 is still selling for $150 to $160. I wanted to touch on this. You responded to him in the chat. You said it's a card-by-card basis. Absolutely. If you go to that article uh, over at nooffseason.com, you'll see the specific cards we chose. But I think there's more to unpack here. So I think that that pre-signing market was arguably – could arguably one of the be one of the lows that we see for Shohei for the next couple of years. And I think when you're looking at someone that you're going to invest in over and over, you have to capitalize on where the dips come from. So if you look at the last 14 days, Shohei's overall market's only down 1%. You'll see a big volume dip over that 14 days in terms of sales volume. But just because that card's selling for 150 or 160 right now doesn't necessarily mean it's not at a good price point to buy because you're comparing it to what could be a two-year low, that $110, $120 mark, right? So I think that Right now, if you see a card that's down 30, 40% over the last 30 days since he's been signed and things like that, it could be a good spot to buy it, especially when the upside, when the hype cycle comes around, could be over $300 there. Curious your thoughts, Paul. Great point. I mean, Dr. Crack and I got into like some virtual fisticuffs over date ranges in marketmoversapp.com uh, less than a month ago where we were screaming at each other on this very show about... Uh, toggling date ranges to get different to get different results and and essentially that's that's what you've hit on here with Shane you know you're both right Shane is right when he says he he hasn't seen the dip yet based on certain date, date ranges but you're right when you say look if you look at this over a 2 year time period or even let's look at this here's what I look at when I look at Shohei and every player is is a is a case by case basis and there're micro markets within each player based on card by card like you said so when I look at Shohei, I look at what happened in 2023 and what happened in 2022. 2023 is more relevant because it's more recent, but they're both relevant. In each of those years when he was pitching and hitting, there were performance rises and performance spikes throughout the summer, June, July, even a little bit into August. That's because he was pitching and hitting. 
we're in a situation where we, he, we know he's not going to pitch. He's injured. This is the low, quote-unquote, this is the two-year low, to your point, to buy into a guy that doesn't really dip. Like, he doesn't really dip, so you have to buy him when he's at his floor. This is that that's the right word. Floor is the right word. Joe Burrow's at his floor. Shohei Otani's at his floor. There's never been a better time to buy Joe Burrow or Shohei Otani. Now you can come back and catch me in the comments and troll me and say, oh, this card's not down, blah, blah, blah. Right. But if you look at what opportunities have there been to buy to buy guys like Shohei Otani or Joe Burrow at all over the last two years at a overall low? Not many. And so what my point is when he comes back in 2025 and he's hitting and pitching, I would expect his prices to more mirror the 2022 and the 2023 June, July, August spikes. I, I wouldn't expect them to happen in 2024. So there could be many opportunities to buy Shohei throughout 2024 to load up for that 2025 season. Let's cross our fingers. He stays healthy and plays well. And if he's that dual threat again in 2025, we all make a lot of money. And if, and if he's not, I still think we're okay because we bought at his floor. Absolutely phenomenal stuff from Paul Hickey there. Great job kind of uh, explaining my point a little bit better than I could. I do want to add just a, a little hint more on top of that. When you saw that $110, $120 pricing for that specific print, that was in a period where Shohei was hurt. The team he played for was knocked out of playoff contention and we were entering the offseason. The likelihood of all three of those perfect storms coming again for Shohei is going to be difficult. So that floor you're seeing right there is not a standard floor that necessarily we're, maybe we're looking for. And the $150, $160 price point could be a good spot. All right, let's move along there. Let's head over to Barry Siff. Says there are a couple of linemen in college projected top 10 for the draft. Thoughts uh, comparing linemen to wide receivers and QBs in terms of investability? Fade linemen. Barry fade linemen. Here's why the market size is nothing. You know, the market size is their, their immediate family. The only people that want to buy linemen are their immediate family members. So if you think you can buy a lineman and flip them to their family member, great. I don't think so. Barry, I love you. You know, I'm just kind of playing it up for the show here. Uh, they're just, they're just, they don't have the market. So even if it's going to be a guy that's like a top pick, no one is going to care about the linemen. You know, the, in a lot of ways, and, and Andy Kaysen and I have unpacked this quite a bit throughout the years, and, you know, footballcardquest.com, part of the nooffseason.com sports card network, check out footballcardquest.com, Andy Kaysen and his team over there do an amazing job on football cards. The, in a lot of ways, the data shows that the football card market is driven by the hype of the fantasy football, uh, the fantasy football hype, fantasy football hype train drives a lot of the hype that crosses over into, into the players cards. There are no linemen other than, other than maybe individual defensive player leagues, which make up probably less than 15% of all fantasy football leagues that have any kind of linemen. There's no offensive linemen and there's barely any defensive linemen ever. You know, there's one, there's one, there's two linemen that I can think of in the NFL that, that hold card value right now. One's Jason Kelsey, 
And that's a perfect storm because he's in the media and his brother's dating Taylor Swift and, and he's been in the Super Bowl and all that kind of stuff. He's won us and he's in Campbell's chunky ads and all that stuff. Like that's not going to happen with any of these people that are linemen right now. And Aaron Donald, who's just a bona fide Hall of Famer and one of the best to ever play the game at his position. And still Jason Kelsey and Aaron Donald's cards don't come close to the pricing of, you know, even, even like, completely unproven running backs and wide receivers. So if you're going to say skill position players versus linemen, uh, you just need to fade linemen. And I mean, you know, I could, I could keep going as to more reasons why you should fade linemen. But I mean, the punchline is nobody cares about the linemen on NFL draft day. Great stuff there. Fade the linemen, Barry. All right. Janelle shoe thoughts on Brock Bowers tied in from Georgia. What are your thoughts here, Paul? I love them. Curious to see what you got. Way to way to bring it back, Janelle. We're bringing it back from Barry. Barry goes with the linemen. You're saying, hey, look, there's a position that plays sometime immediately on the line and sometime flexes out to catch passes. That position is tight end. This guy is Brock Bowers from Georgia. I love him too, Connor. He's got Bowman Chrome U firsts. Actually, I think I need to go back and fact check myself. I think his first Bowmans might actually be a combination of paper and Chrome from the 2021 unlicensed release. And then, but he does have really nice uh, Georgia branded Bowman Chrome autos from the 2022 release. And I think you could probably make money. I I have not checked Brock Bauer's pricing, so I need to stop before I say something that's inaccurate. Um, But I I think what we need to do is we need to dig into some Brock Bowers and get back to you guys. I I initially love it. I, I, he's been a name that I've been thinking of of researching for a long time. And I think now could be the time to try to find the right Brock Bowers card and just quick flip during the NFL draft. But Connor, what what do you think of Brock? Are we on the right track with this? Definitely on the right track. And I have been doing some research on Brock Bowers. So I'm going to fill in the gaps here. First of all, before we get into the market movers data slash data, 6'4", 240, moves like Travis Kelsey, moves like a deer, really, catches balls, pass blocks. He's the next big tight end in the NFL. But we're not all about speculation. Why is he a good investment right now? Well, down year for Georgia, not necessarily in terms of how they play, but they didn't get to play uh, for a championship game. So eyes were not on him. His market is big time down. If you look at the last 90 days, he actually suffered an injury during the middle of the year that he just miraculously came back from quickly. He underwent tightrope surgery to help stabilize the ankle and hasten his recovery. Sounds preposterous, but he came back to the field. I think eyes were kind of off of him a little bit. It was a down year for him in terms of stats. He's got nine cards down between nine or between four and 46% the last 90 days. You can pick up a 2021 Bowman Chrome University Prospect Auto Gold Refractor out of 50, his first, for just 180 bucks. It's down 12% the last 90 days. There are a lot more options like this. This might be someone we need to look at uh, adding to our rankings over there. So I'm big time on Brock Bowers, Paul. Thanks, Janelle. We need. Thank you for the reminder on Brock Bowers. Uh, he was on my mind during the season. We didn't take action. Janelle's helping us take action here. So we're going to we're gonna figure out adding Brock Bowers to our football card rankings. And uh, we're going to point out the right card on the football card rankings. But yeah, 2021, he does have his first. That's unlicensed. But, I mean, it could still sell well. And then even I even think the licensed 2022 non-firsts in the Georgia branding could sell well also. And uh, you, Connor, you just are now making me think my number two overall pick in my dynasty draft. 
maybe I go Brock Bowers over Adunze and Neighbors, but he's we'll legit. See. He's legit. I got one more question, Paul. This one's coming from me. So I get to learn a lot from uh, everyone on the team, you, Lefty, and Chad on a consistent basis, which is great because I think it's uh, kind of fast-tracked my knowledge because you guys are so knowledgeable, share it so well, make it easy for me to pick up. I've kind of soaked myself in it. So one thing we haven't really talked about, and I'm guessing it's because the answer is no, but one thing we haven't really talked about is contract extensions for players. We talk about switching teams and things like that. An hour ago, well, actually 12 minutes ago, it got confirmed. Kawhi Leonard's contract extension with the Los Angeles Clippers for three years, 152 mil has been confirmed. I know Kawhi's not necessarily a hobby darling, not someone we look to invest in super frequently, but is this uh, worth noting? Or or for other players, top players, is the contract extension worth noting and why? Or why not? Yes, it's a it's a in the news cycle. He's in the news cycle right now. So this I don't know if this is a sell alert per se, but this is a this is beyond alert based on the Unicon's amazing insights here on the sports card strategy show. Connor Barnett coming strong and saying, look, contract extensions put people in the news cycle. Whenever anyone's in the news cycle, it's an opportunity to gain traction off of increased Google searches, increased eBay searches. Um, when the in, when the eBay searches increase based on the news cycle, the views increase on your item. When the views increase, the watch list ads increase, the bids increase, the offers increase. So it all trickles down to that sale eventually. And I think if you're holding Kawhi Leonard cards, why not list them? I mean, you don't have to list them in an auction. You know, that might be too risky for a contract extension marker, but have them if you don't have your Kawhi Leonard's listed. I would list them. And if you have them listed in a buy it now or best offer, go check what you have them listed for and what the recent comps are. That's something we don't talk about enough, Connor. We don't talk about the fact that when you have buy it now or best offer sitting there, and a lot of you do in the audience, I know you do because you have a lot of other stuff going on in your life, and that's great. But I'm going to remind, use this as a reminder to all of you. Go back and check all of your buy it now or best offers later this weekend. And if it's Kawhi Leonard, check it today. And make sure somebody doesn't come snipe you. There's Andy Kaysons at every corner that are going out there going, you know what? I'm going to go check and see who's listed buy it now or best offer for guys that are in the news cycle now. And if these listings are outdated, I could get it at a low price. That's another sports card strategy right there. Love it. Great breakdown. Paul, anything else you want to discuss from audience Q&A uh, before you provide some updates uh, for the listeners? Yeah, just want to say hello to Rusty Emigart in the live chat. Big props to Shane Graham, who's brought it strong today. And our guy, Eric Stefano, who normally comments on the YouTube videos at youtube.com slash Paul Hickey because he misses the live show, is in the live show today. So welcome to everyone who joined in the live chat. And if you're not in the live chat, we love you as well. And again, just a quick reminder to uh, hit us up in the Discord. Go to sportscardstrategy.com for all of the links to all of our groups and joining all of our groups and ways to connect with us. And yeah, I did want to give uh, the audience a little bit of a preview of something that I'm going to address on the overflow show. I would venture to guess 99% of you do not care about what I'm about to say, but I'm going to say it anyway, because I think that the 1% of you who care, it's worth saying it. And then other 99% may appreciate it. Even if you don't really care. 
And that is we've made some scheduling changes and we've made some tweaks to the programming at nooffseason.com and the sports card strategy show here in 2024. They're all based around the fact that all we care about is creating a great community with all of you to not only help you make money flipping sports cards, but have fun and enjoy it as a hobby as well. Whether your goal is to turn it into a profession for yourself like I, like myself and Connor have, or to enjoy it as a hobby like Mike LaCousta, Lefty McKee, Chad Gill, Mosaic Joe, and, and all the rest of you out there, whatever your goal is, all we care about is looking at ourselves, figuring out our work schedule, figuring out what we can do, and maximizing our efficiency to bring you the best possible content at nooffseason.com and all of our programming. And so I'm going to address our programming changes and our format changes more on the Overflow Show this Friday for premium members. So check that out. Thanks to all of you who asked. I didn't think anyone would care. I think it's all a positive. So tune in later. And M Pokey World in the house. That's our guy, Maddox Yost, who's going to be with us at Culture Collision. Maddox, what's up? Connor, that's all I got for today, man. Love it. Yep. I think that's going to wrap it up for today. If you aren't signed up for a 30-day free trial at nooffseason.com and don't have access to the show that's coming out on Friday, the Overflow Show, you're missing out on a ton of stuff there. So it's free. It's literally a free 30-day trial where you can test the waters, see if you're getting value, decide if you're new once you realize you are getting value. So head over to nooffseason.com, get that free trial. Every Friday, mid-morning, early afternoon, you get an Overflow Show posted, uh, and you can ask your questions there as well. So be sure to check that out. That's all I got, Paul. We'll see you all Friday. Have a great day. Thanks so much for being here with us on the Sports Card Strategy Show. To connect with us further, please subscribe to the YouTube channel at youtube.com slash paulhickey. Please also give us a follow on Instagram at Sports Card Strategy and on X at No Off Season Card. We also have a Discord that you could join at sportscardstrategy.com. Everyone, I'm Paul Hickey. For the rest of us here at nooffseason.com, have a great day. We'll see you again soon.